This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on a slick and slippery Tuesday afternoon, January 23rd. It can be a tricky proposition to discuss money when you begin dating someone. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, a survey by Ford indicates that more than half of workers would take a 20% pay cut in order to achieve a better work-life balance. Joining us now on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Jason Wachtel, Managing partner, J.W. Michaels and Company in Chicago. Jason, thank you for joining us today. And I guess before we discuss work-life balance, the idea of work-life balance is in the eye of the beholder. Yes. You know, um, when COVID happened, a lot of positive changes did come in the workforce. A lot of it being around work-life balance, hybrid or remote work. Uh, A lot of us got accustomed to this hybrid work environment and have really enjoyed the time to be able to work and spend more time with our families and less time commuting. But things are changing in this world, so it's sort of finding that happy medium of life uh, with lifestyle balance. When we go through this survey from Ford, and I'm guessing there are other uh, HR surveys that have similar findings, uh, when we talk about uh, an improved work-life balance, is it taking the commuting time and possibly travel out of the equation? I think that's a huge part. I mean, if you're living in the suburbs and you're commuting to downtown Chicago, it could be an hour, hour and a half each way. So that's three hours. Or it's the winter and there's a foot of snow. Before COVID, no matter what, we were all coming into the office. Now, when we have a huge snowstorm, if your company's been set up to be able to have you work remotely, there's no reason to have to drive into the city or take the train to the city, risk slipping and falling. And when it was 10 below zero, it's not a good use of everyone's time. So the hybrid environment does do that. But also as employers, when people are on vacation, we all learned we can't bother them. Um, when someone's away for the weekend or it's a weekend, unless it's urgent, we don't bother that person. So I think fundamentally, yes, it has to do with the hybrid environment, but also we've realized that when an employees are not working or on vacation, um, we have to be sensitive of not interrupting that valuable personal time. Now, the survey says, at least the Ford Motor Company survey about uh, people, what, what, what would they be willing to give up to achieve that work-life balance? Uh, 20% said, or they'd be willing to take up to a 20% Pay cut. Now, uh, that seems like an awful lot of money to me, but I'm guessing if you do the math about uh, how much money you spend on travel and commuting and wear and tear on your car, uh, the math may actually work out. Yes. So what we've seen at J.W. Michaels coming out of the pandemic, people want to know what the compensation is and what's the hybrid environment and the work-life balance, where the work-life balance was something you never asked before COVID. So depending on it, if you have a job that's paying you 20% more, but you're in the office five days a week, you have to travel, and they expect you in the office at 730 in the morning, versus a company that says you could be in the office two or three days a week, we offer X amount of vacation, and in the month of August, you could work anywhere you want, you're seeing people sort of make that fundamental shift saying, I value 
the personal time versus being in the office at 7 a.m. and being in the office five days a week. During the Great Resignation, it seemed like you could name your price and get pretty much uh, anything you wanted if you wanted to uh, jump uh, jump over the fence and go across the street and perhaps go to a, line up a different job. Uh, but it sounds like the pendulum is swinging back in favor of the hiring suite and that uh, prospective new employees don't have that bargaining power or as much leverage as they did two years ago. So what is the baseline now as far as a work-life balance ask is concerned? Well, I think you nailed it. Um, During the Great Resignation, employees had a lot of the power. Now it's shifting back to the employer. So to give you an example, during COVID, most companies were in the office two or three days a week, and that was the norm. Now a lot of of companies are four days a week, leaning towards five. So before, um, companies are having a hard time because they're saying, we want four days a week, and employees are saying, I want to be three days a week. And you're seeing people who are a little bit more desperate taking those four days a week. So the fundamental, the pendulum has shifted back to the employer side. But people that are really holding out for the two or three days a week and super valuing their their work-life balance, you're going to see them start missing out on opportunities as the pendulum continues to shift towards the employer. Jason Wachtel, managing partner, J.W. Michaels & Company in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The early getting-to-know-you phase of a relationship can be wide-ranging, with one of the tougher areas being attitudes about money. We're joined by Mark Horner, Wealth Advisor, Fairhaven Wealth Management in Wheaton. Find him online, fairhavenwealth.com. Mark, thank you for joining us today. Of course, uh, Valentine's Day is uh, just around the corner, and uh, Mark, there is no more romantic moment uh, in a relationship when uh, both uh, sides, uh, partners now, exchange W-2s. Is that how you have that money conversation? I, I need a moment to compose myself here, Rob, because I'm starting to well up. Yeah, it brings a tear to your eye, doesn't it? Describe. Yeah, no, it's very, it's very touching. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of a better way to kill a first date or a Valentine's date than right to talk about your W-2, your asset allocation, whether you like a PPO or an HMO for your health care, your health care needs. I mean, th- yeah, that, especially on a first date. So I totally agree that money... And people's attitudes towards money is is an important part of a relationship, but I but I I think it's I think it's also important to uh, put emphasis on part of a relationship and not the and not the whole thing. So so maybe on first dates, a couple of ideas to start thinking about the money topic is just is really just to maybe observe people's behaviors. So if you guys are if you're out to dinner. And uh, your date asks for the reserve wine list. It just can't be bothered with the with the standard wine list. That that could give you a little bit of insight about how that person thinks about spending. Maybe what their tipping policy is. Uh, th- things like that to start to get yourself some information about how that other person thinks about money. But yeah, leading with the 401k statement, that feels a little uh, a little premature. Now, there, th- this is a two-part conversation. Of course, there is the conversation about money and uh, how much you make, and that is that that's one component. But the other component is attitudes about money, and that seems to be the much larger issue. How do you feel about spending and saving and splurging? And uh, if those issues aren't addressed, then it's uh, up to a guy like you to kind of untangle them uh, when this relationship gets serious and possibly turns into a marriage. Well, well so you are, you are uh, in all seriousness, you are touching on an important role of a financial advisor, and that is to be somebody for uh, uh, members of a, of a household to blame 
for uh, for money conversations that it's Mark's fault that 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 we that we have to do that, and that is a role that we absolutely do serve. But yeah, getting getting to another person's how they think about how they think about money and spend, and and, a, and you also hit the nail on the head. I think it's much less important about how much money you make, but what your attitudes about spending about spending are and getting into conversations uh, about that. Uh, Early again, not on the not on the first date, but but early are very important because money can be un, undiscussed candidly. Money can be the leading stressor in relationships, and so you want to get out in front of that. And I'm sure you have encountered many situations in which uh, both parties uh, might have uh, kicked that particular can down the road uh, into it into an area in which uh, it becomes a major sticking point and a real problem. That's for sure, and we none of us are perfect, and so we all make we all make mistakes. And I think another great way to think about teeing up the money conversation is instead of an inquisition across the across the table over Valentine's Day and ask going through your checklist of of questions that you might have about how much money they're deferring to their Roth their Roth versus their regular bucket in the four hundred one k plan is to maybe throw yourself under the bus and talk about a money mistake that you've made in your own life that you'd like that you learn from and that you'd like to maybe do over and make a and make a different decision as as a way to introduce the topic using using yourself as a, as an example rather than again the inquisition Mark Horner, Wealth Advisor, Fairhaven Wealth Management in Wheaton. Find him online, fairhavenwealth.com. Coming up next, Netflix makes its biggest move to date into live entertainment. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Netflix is taking a deeper dive into live entertainment by streaming the WWE's Raw starting next year. Let's discuss the move with Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Retair Group based in Chicago. Tim, thank you for joining us today. And what does this mean for the bundled cable package, which could rely on Raw and SmackDown and other uh, WWE 
products uh, to keep uh, to keep viewers. Sure. So the um, this is uh, very much in line with uh, some of the previous conversations that we've had about sports uh, moving into direct streaming uh, environments, right? And when you have a program that's been uh, on a legacy cable network uh, like the Raw product has been on the USA Cable Network, owned by NBC Universal for so many years, uh, that obviously brings up a question in consumers' minds as to the validity of keeping that package and paying for cable to do so. Um, you know, the other two properties that uh, uh, WWE has been successful with in television over the last number of years has been SmackDown, which was on Fox and is now if you will, the number two package in the WWE universe, that's going to actually go to USA Network. So that will still live on. And then there's a third package called Next, NXT, which is now going from USA to the CW Network. So there are two networks there still that will have, if you will, the B and the C uh, product, if you will, from WWE. Is that enough to keep the cable bundle? Or, you know, maybe I don't need that anymore because I got the the prime uh, uh, aspect there with uh, Raw now on Netflix. You know, throughout the history of television, uh, professional wrestling has been a draw consistently and thoroughly. Uh, I remember coming across uh, on YouTube an old episode of Tom Snyder's Primetime Saturday, which had a segment about pro wrestling in Memphis and that the local wrestling show in Memphis 44 years ago uh, would get 70% of the audience. And it would it, draw, it brought people to pay-per-view and WrestleMania went to pay-per-view in the 80s. It brought people to cable. It inspired Ted Turner to start his own rival to the WWF back then and uh, put it on TNT. So this just seems like another case of a historically popular show moving to a new method of distribution. No, no doubt about that. And But uh, it's also very uh, compellingly interesting for the Netflix uh, uh, story, too, because this is about the closest thing to live sports. Let's call it sports-ish. Let's be frank. Uh, that, uh, in essence, Netflix has been sitting on the sidelines largely when it comes to bringing sports and live sports at that into their platform. This is the first real three-hour-a-week high-destination viewing uh, live sports, if you will, event that is now going to be on their service for the next five years. So uh, it's certainly a big deal for the company that owns WWE. Uh, It is possibly... A, uh, a big pivot for Netflix and maybe a step towards uh, the full Megillah of a real professional sports ne- uh, league and uh, a package uh, going to Netflix eventually. It'll be interesting to see, especially as Netflix now is getting much more aggressively active in the advertising uh, ad-supported side of things as well. Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Verter Group in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, focusing on the Carolinas for your next vacation. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 1059. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The suspect of the suburban killing spree is found dead in Texas. Voters in New Hampshire head to the polls for a two candidate GOP presidential primary. In Travel Tuesday, a guide to some of the best destinations in the Carolinas. Also on the travel front, fast tracking your way to elite airline status. Business, the markets are mixed right now. The Dow is down. 
139 points. The Nasdaq is up 20. The S&P 500 is up 3. We have 35 degrees right now in Chicago with some drizzle and some fog at 1231. Topping our news of the half hour. Three different crime scenes around Joliet are being scoured after the deadly shootings of eight people believed to be at the hands of a man who killed himself in Texas last night. The details from WBBM's Nancy Hardy. Before Romeo Nance was found dead at a gas station outside of San Antonio, neighbor Laura Bain expressed shock at the killings the 23-year-old is accused of, including seven people in two different homes down the block from her on West Acres Road. It's crazy. It's a neighbor. This is a neighborhood. There's a park right down the street. It's crazy that there are young kids that get off the bus right here. The Will County Sheriff says they started investigating Sunday evening after finding a 28-year-old man with a gunshot wound to the head at the Pheasant Run Apartments who later died. And a 42-year-old man was shot in the leg on Davis Street in Joliet. Then police found the seven victims when they went to Nance's last known address. He was out on bond for a shooting a year ago. Nancy Hardy, News Radio 105.9 WBBM. Voters in New Hampshire are hitting the polls with former President Trump hoping to win in a one-on-one battle with Nikki Haley. She's hoping to attract some undeclared voters in the state. More from CBS News campaign reporter Jake Rosen. These independent voters really, I think, just embrace the live for your die mindset. They choose their candidate based on personality, on character, and on things like policy issues for in a border state, things like immigration, in a state that's had a lot of economic shifts in the last 20, 30 years things like the economy. I've met plenty of voters who are considering Nikki Haley who voted for Joe Biden. I know a couple people who broke from Donald Trump and were considering Chris Christie and Nikki Haley. Those independent voters make up the state's largest voting block, about 40 percent of the total. It's 1232 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are mixed right now. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Ken Crawford, portfolio manager with Argent Capital in Clayton, Missouri. Ken, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Let's talk about yesterday uh, before we uh, talk about what's moving the markets today, and that is uh, the Dow uh, hit a record close yesterday. What is the psychological uh, impact of Dow 38,000, even if it was fleeting? Well, I think, uh, Rob, obviously people get excited when you hit an all-time high. We had a nice run uh, the end of last year, a little bit of a pullback at the beginning of this year, and then uh, another march forward. So uh, investors are certainly going to look at earnings, and we're beginning to see those kind of flow out uh, Rateably, and that will increase next week. But at the very least, it, it's got to give investors a little bit of spring in the step to hit an all-time high. Last year, uh, a lot of the market gains were powered by the so-called uh, Magnificent Seven, and this was across uh, all three major indices. Uh, is this a case where a rising tide lifts all boats, or uh, do we once again uh, have those uh, super-powered uh, stocks providing all the uh, hustle muscle here? Well, if you look at uh, on a year-to-date basis, the Russell 1000 growth is leading the market. So I think, you know, the Magnificent Seven plays into that scenario. Um, and I, uh, again, I getting back to earnings, I think people will look to see if there is breadth. I think investors certainly expect the the Apples, the Googles, the Microsofts, etc., to do well. But um, investors would. Uh, would embrace a, a broader market going forward, to be sure. 
this is the week that the uh, airlines are reporting, and uh, that's kind of a bellwether because it, it just goes to show you how if, if the consumer is still confident, the consumer is also planning vacations and they want to fly somewhere. And uh, United Airlines stock up 6% despite the fact they said they're going to take a loss uh, in the first quarter uh, due to the uh, troubles of the Boeing 737 MAX 9. Right. I think people are kind of looking past that as a one-off. And to your point, Rob, I think they're looking at the general uh, feeling, enthusiasm that consumers have. And generally, if we have money in our pockets, um, we're looking to do things. Coming probably still an echo coming out of COVID-19, where we were cooped up in our houses for a year plus. If we can get on a plane, assuming that the door doesn't fly open in mid-flight, uh, we'll get on and we'll go somewhere. And then uh, also on the consumer-facing front, uh, some some decent news from uh, Procter & Gamble. So once again, uh, the consumer who has uh, powered this recovery, despite all the turbulence in individual sectors, uh, was still uh, robust in the fourth quarter of 2023. Reasonably so, yes. I, mean, I would contrast that, at least for the moment, with uh, D.R. Horton, a home builder that reported uh, okay numbers, but uh, was hit a little bit on hedging, and their forward guidance was a little bit less than ex- uh, expected. And the home builders as a group today are getting pretty well hit. So there's a fair amount of hit and miss on uh, reports, at least so far. Ken Crawford, Portfolio Manager at Argent Capital in Clayton, Missouri. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Travel Tuesday, putting the spotlight on trips to Carolina. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday. In this segment, we're taking a look at the Carolinas as a vacation destination. Let's get some direction from Cindy Richards, Editor-in-Chief of SheBuysTravel.com, based in Chicago. Cindy, uh, thank you for joining us today. And it sounds like the Carolinas are a destination where you can still get that winter break. You can still get the sun. You can still wear the shorts. You can still play golf without playing uh, without paying Florida or Hawaii prices, or fighting Florida or Florida or Hawaii crowds, which is um, equally important. The you know it's it's it can be a little chilly this time of the year, uh, particularly in North Carolina. But if you're looking at a spring break trip in April. I think the Carolinas are beautiful. There's gorgeous beaches, and then there's a lot more to do there. It's it's great for foodies. There's amazing uh, barbecue and, of course, seafood. Um, and it's got kind of everything you could want. You could hit the beaches of Tybee Island in South Carolina, or you could hit the mountains of Asheville in North Carolina and really experience the whole wide range of things you can do on a vacation, depending on what you really want to do. Yeah, there's more to the Carolinas uh, than playing golf in Hilton Head. And I will say, you know, going to Hilton Head is, uh, is, is a fine way to spend some time. Uh, but you mentioned Asheville, and uh, I, I stopped in Asheville about a decade ago while driving to Hilton Head. And uh, that really is has turned into a neat little hipster kind of town. Oh, it's a super charming place with amazing food and, you know, you and lots of great places to stay. There's terrific hiking in the mountains. Um, you know, you can go to the Biltmore if that's what you like, seeing that sort of opulent, over-the-top kind of wealth. It's an amazing place if you've ever been or never been. I, I highly recommend it. 
Um, but it's it's really a nature place. And you're right. The the town is very hipster with some cool and funky little restaurants and and great, great places to walk and hang out. And uh, Charleston, South Carolina, also a fun place. Uh, they, I think they still have the annual Food and Wine Festival, uh, which uh, I, I enjoyed about 12 years ago. But uh, just the architecture in, in Charleston, uh, in the center of the city, is really cool. And they have that uh, color block, I believe, uh, with houses, uh, townhouses, row houses of, uh, of different colors of the rainbow. Yeah, it, architecture, history. There's, uh, you know, there's fun ghost tours. Um, walking tours, a lot of great food in Charleston. I've had some amazing meals there. You know, it's a it's a cruise port as well. So I've even uh, been on cruise ships that just stopped in there, and we wandered around town for a day. And you can take horse and buggy rides and and walk just walk the waterfront, which is which is really quite amazing. And those old those old um, houses in the old part of downtown are just just beautiful, gorgeous to look at. And and right across the uh, the way is Tybee Island, which I think is a real hidden treasure of South Carolina. It's it's got these beautiful expansive beaches with these charming little um cabins, I guess you'd call them that cottages that you can rent near the beach. And you know, I've never seen a crowd there. It's uh you know, you can walk for for miles on the beaches of of Tybee Island and and not feel crowded like you might at a Florida beach in April. We're talking about a uh, Carolina vacation with Cindy Richards, editor in chief of SheBuysTravel.com. You talk about the history that's on display in Charleston. It seems like a city that uh, both the good and the bad of American history are kind of wrapped up in that one particular city uh, because yes. you can go to a former slave market. Uh, you can also go to Fort Sumner, where the uh, first shots of the Civil War were fired. And uh, it's interesting, Cindy. When I, did, I took the Fort Sumner tour, uh, the guides went out of their way to uh, not assign blame to uh, one particular party for who started the Civil War. Oh, very interesting. I think, you know, there's a lot going on in the South in terms of, of reconciling their history. And, there, and, and any place you go in the South these days, I think you're finding interesting interpretations changing at museums and, and at tours. And there are... Um, there are everywhere you go in the South, particularly places like South Carolina and Charleston, you can find um, African-American or black history uh, museums, um, walking tours, uh, sites that you can visit um, to, to really begin to understand um, our complicated history uh, in, in the South in America. Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of SheBuysTravel.com in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, st- uh, join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday and still to come, the quickest ways to reach elite airline status. Investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday. There are multiple ways to achieve elite airline status without flying all the time. Let's get some tips from Ted Rossman, senior industry analyst with Bankrate.com based in New York. Ted, thank you for joining us today. And what do you get with elite airline status? Because it seems like there are different rules along different carriers. Are we talking about access to uh, the uh, airline club? Are we talking about uh, instant upgrades? I mean, what, what makes one elite when they're in the sky? Entry level is typically things like Maybe you get a free check bag or you get on the plane a little bit early. The more premium perks are reserved for the higher levels. So that's what's going to get you into the 
airport lounge, although there are some credit cards that can get you in too. But if we're just talking elite status, the higher you climb, the more likely you are to get into the lounge or to get those upgrades. They typically serve those members first. So if you have just kind of the basic silver status, you're not as likely to get bumped up to first class. And it sounds like uh, airlines are starting to uh, shift towards the companion rewards cards passengers simply because uh, there aren't nearly as many road warriors now compared to pre-COVID times. That's right. Yep. And they've definitely shifted these programs towards dollars spent as opposed to miles flown. It used to be that people would do these crazy mileage runs and they would buy these cheap tickets and circle the world and rack up all these miles and, and get elite status that way. Now it's much more about spending for better or for worse. I mean, some element of that favors higher spending business travelers. But one way that everyday people can get ahead is through credit card usage, because a lot of points and miles these days are earned through routine credit card spending. You don't necessarily need to fly a lot of butt-in-seat miles to become an elite or to earn enough for a free ticket. So that's where using the right credit cards can come in. Whether we're talking airlines or hotels, sometimes you can spend your way into some of these benefits. And, and, and you know, we, we're, we talk about United, Delta, American, the airlines that have international reach and have a business class or a first class in which you can be upgraded. But uh, let's talk about Southwest. I mean, their credit card customers, uh, they can use points to, uh, to, to, to get uh, a seat or several seats uh, uh, via points as opposed to paying for them. And if you spend the enough on your Southwest credit card, you can get a companion pass too. I love that companion pass. Yeah, that's something that you can even use your sign-up bonus towards. So that's kind of unusual. Normally, the sign-up bonus doesn't help you with elite perks, but with Southwest, it can. You could potentially spend your way to elite status on Southwest, and American's another one that's pretty easy to, to spend your way there. Um, now, being elite on Southwest is not as premium as some of the other airlines. But, you know, I think this whole issue is really all about figuring out your travel habits. And if you're the kind of person who's loyal to a certain airline or hotel chain, then yeah, maybe it does make sense to get their credit card and really double and triple down on the perks. Other people, if you maybe only fly once or twice a year and you kind of play the field and you pick whoever's cheapest, maybe then you go with either a cash back card or one of those transferable travel cards that diversifies your points and miles, just like diversifying your investments. Ted Rossman, Senior Industry Analyst, Bankrate.com in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
Destination. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.